From Aviva Brands, this is Express, the podcast for brands. I'm your host, Dr. David Kippen, CEO and Chief Strategist at Aviva. Over the last couple of episodes, I've talked about where agency life begins, at the pitch. And here's the thing about pitches. Despite a lot of urgency on the client side about timetables, they never run according to client timetables. The agency sprints to pull things together, usually with one or two weeks' notice. The pitch happens, and the client realizes they need more information to make a decision. Now, that's not surprising, because it's incredibly hard to figure out what questions will get to the right distinctions between agencies. And that's what happened here on this pitch I've been talking about. The work ended up being broken out into two segments. The top agencies pitched again, and the good news is, we won. Now, as I mentioned, we're not the lead agency on this work, and the lead agency only won part of the project, so it's going to take some time for any of this work to flow through to our agency. When it does, we'll rejoin the story. Meanwhile, today, I want to turn to creative briefs, because if the pitch is where all business begins, the brief is where all creative begins. Have you ever wondered what a great creative brief is? Or maybe you've wondered what makes one brief great and another one bad. Well, you're not alone, and it's actually a huge topic. The best way to understand a great brief is probably by looking at a great ad or a great campaign, then looking at the brief that inspired it. Trouble with that is, if the brief's actually any good, if it's doing its job, it's not specific at all. So, if you get a hold of a great brief, you'll find yourself saying, this is a beautiful ad about a new finance app, but the brief was, what can we learn about baby food by looking at tables? So, maybe you get it, maybe you don't. Sometimes it's like that because going from strategy to expression via the brief is the most creative, wooliest part of the creative process, and understanding how the art came from the brief when the art's great doesn't necessarily prove the brief was great, it proves that the creative team was great, or that somebody got lucky with one great idea. So are briefs nonsense? Absolutely not. A great brief is its own form of art. Every brief starts just like a blog post. It starts as a blank page. Words are added up to about a page, and it's done, because it's brief. But between no words and too many words is the first key to a great brief. Probably the hardest brief is the creative's equivalent to a blank page. It's a brief with just one or two short sentences. The worst brief is a comprehensive brief, full of facts, figures, stats, but absolutely devoid of any feeling, emotion, or really place to get your hooks in as a creative and think interesting thoughts. A great brief, one that gives a creative team what they need to be brilliant, to be aligned with the goals of the work, is generally somewhere in the middle. It's the Goldilocks brief. It's just right. What makes it just right? It's hard to generalize, because every agency has its own form of briefing document and its own briefing process. For some agencies, the briefing is an internal document the client never sees, but for many, the brief has a client-facing role. It's something the client signs off on and approves before the creative team sees it. 
So in settings where the client's not involved, the briefing document can be pretty thin. It can be that few line brief I mentioned earlier, but when the client's in the mix, there's usually a section for the client specifying the technical specs um, and signing off on the kinds of things that the client's really concerned about or that the client understands without being a creative that, yeah, this is the kind of thing that if you guys get it right is going to matter to the people I believe we're speaking to. That all said, however different they may look on paper or in a room, I do think that every great brief has a few things in common, and I don't think any of these are rocket science. I think it's the combination of really three factors that make a great brief great, and I'm going to talk a little bit about each one of them now. Before I do, I should talk about that technical spec idea, because as important as technical specs are to a client, generally they're no help to a brief. Just so we're all on the same page, let me explain what they are. Technical specs tell the team what they're building. For example, it's a website, and provide limitations and requirements around what they're building. For example, it's a website, uh, can't use Flash, it's got to work within the current cascading style sheets, and so on and so forth. Technical specs usually have information on timing, on the delivery form, on the review cycles, and so on. Now, in a perfect world, technical specs would never be part of a brief at all. That's because technical specs are to briefs kind of as hammers and nails are to the first sketches that will someday become blueprints. They're incredibly premature. And that's a problem in a creative process because they focus the team on what the client thinks they should be building far, far too early, even before they've decided how to think about the challenge. That's why at our agency we keep the technical specs in a digital version of what we call a job jacket. That is to say, the brief sits in the job jacket too, but aside from very general descriptions, it's a thing apart. Those technical specs, we don't look at them or think about them until later. So, what do we look at? What do we think about? Well, there are really two parts. The heart of the brief has a creative challenge and a creative inspiration. The creative challenge des describes the problem the creative needs to solve. It doesn't solve it, it just says it. For example, people want to be healthy, but they think of health care as sick care. How do we put health and health care back together? Sometimes the creative challenge is just a key insight. For example, people think milk is unhealthy, but some foods just go better with milk. Now, as you know, brands exist to make people take selective action, and the creative challenge is where the change is. It's where we say, this is how you've got to start thinking differently about whatever the creative focus of our creative product will be. So it's like, people think this, we want them to think that. Get this right, and just by itself, a strong creative challenge will generally make for a good brief. If you have a great creative team, they'll rise to that challenge and they'll do great work. But a great brief is more than just a challenge. A great brief inspires, and that creative inspiration is a really important part of what makes it great. There's an old saying that advertising is the poetry of commerce, and there's another that people hate poetry. So great advertising has to work exceptionally hard to connect, and that begins at the brief. The briefing doesn't just come from the creative side of the house. It usually comes from the account team or from research. It's their briefing for, for the creative team on what matters most. 
So very often the research team or the client team, which is the team writing the brief, ends up with a strong emotional sense of what the right thing will feel like. They can't know what the creative outcome will be, but they know the ideas it needs to pair well with. So the brief often contains creative inspiration, inspiration that helps the creatives get on the same emotional page. Things like, it feels like this, it smells like that, it reminds me of this. Now remember, we're talking about something that's going to become some kind of an ad or a story or some kind of creative output that almost certainly won't have a smell, but what you're trying to do is create the right kind of association so that a creative leap is possible. At our agency, this has taken the form of poetry, we've used physics, we've used philosophy, we've even used pet food, and we've had a lot of inspirations that don't begin with P, too, like math, music, water. The list is as long as the client list, and that's really important, because in addition to the creative challenge of we need to get people to think differently about this, before they think differently, they've got to care. And they're going to care because the brief helps them make an emotional connection to whatever it is that's creatively interesting. Now, something that's creatively interesting isn't necessarily beautiful. When we think of creative, when we think of advertising, what usually comes to mind for most of us, I think, are the ads that have left a strong visual imprint that is just beautiful. Think of Apple's advertising, for example, and you're thinking of an advertising with a high art factor, high aesthetic. But in general, what makes for good decoration, just the beautiful part of the art, generally makes for bad advertising. As I said a moment ago, and I've said many times, the job of creative is to make people take selective action. And in order to do that, the creative has got to be noticed. So in addition to inspiration, and hopefully in addition to stuff that's good to look at, great, great creative has something else we call tension. Tension is the catalyst to action. Tension is the I want to be behind every I am. It's kind of like the scent of grilling meat. It's what makes you hungry. The tension between the current state and the future state, the state in which you've given in and done what the creative is trying to get you to do, has to be experienced by the creative team. If it's just described, it won't do the trick. And describing that tension in a way that they can feel it is a really important part of what makes a great brief great. For example, I can describe the feeling of being hot and sweaty and thirsty in a sweltering hot conference room on a hot, muggy day when the air conditioning is broken down. I can describe the feeling of looking at a pitcher of iced tea, watching the condensation bead on the glass and run in rivulets down the side to puddle on the table. I can describe the frustration because somebody forgot to bring glasses, the cafeteria is closed, and this isn't a group that drinks from the pitcher. So I'm just going to sit here being hot, sweaty, thirsty, and there's nothing I can do about it. That's pretty strong, but if you're sitting in our Edinburgh office, it's midwinter, with wind and freezing rain howling outside, the wind so strong it's pushing waterfalls uphill on a dark, late afternoon, even though you understand those words, even though you can create a category and a place in your head for them, I'm kind of wasting my breath because the creative tension has to be felt to be useful. So 
part of the tension of the brief often is experiential. It's figuring out beyond the words on the page, what do I need to do to actually give the creative team that feeling? How can I set up the briefing room so they actually have an experience that gives them the feeling that's the jumping off point? How can I give them the smell? How can I give them the fear? How can I give them that thing that makes this creative opportunity feel urgent and important and ultimately emotional to me. And there you have it. So what makes a great creative brief? Every brief will be different, as I've said, but I believe they all have these elements I've described in common. A great creative challenge, inspiration that helps the brief land right, and the right kind of tension, tension you can experience. Obviously, to get from a great creative brief to great creative, you also have to have a great creative team. And your team has to work together. It has to have a whole lot of practice at getting from um, the experience, the tension, all of that to a creative product. Thanks for listening. Please help us make Express useful. Have comments, questions, suggestions? Send them to express at avivabrands.com. That's E-V-V-I-V-A, then the word brands.com.